Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. What is going on, everybody? Welcome into episode number 516 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. It's KB and Matt coming at you a day early because tomorrow is my sister and Matt's wife's uh, birthday. So we're getting ahead of things. We're going to celebrate tomorrow podcast today. We got a lot to dive into uh, across the board with the news the eagles making some signings uh so we'll get into all of that plus uh we'll get into just everything we typically do and survivor obviously at the end of the show just to recap everything there but before we get started make sure you guys are following us on the socials at underground phi twitter instagram facebook.com slash underground sports phi twitch.tv slash underground sports phi uh, you can follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castorina. Follow me at KBIZZL311. Subscribe to the podcast feed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We are there. Leave a five-star rating and review. It does help the show continue to grow. Helps more people find Underground Sports Philadelphia. And, of course, subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel. That's where you get full video episodes of every podcast on our network. You get live streams original content, clips, shorts. It's all on our YouTube channel. We are currently at 460. Chugging along. And Matt, for the first time together uh, on this show, we have a presenting sponsor. Underground Sports Philadelphia is now presented by, if you're watching on uh, the live right now, or if you're watching on YouTube, you'll see it in the upper left-hand corner but underground sports philadelphia is now presented by the city of vineland our hometown uh for them to get behind us is really really freaking cool uh we couldn't be more thankful uh for everybody from the city who you know wanted to get behind just a, a small business in our town and for them to get behind you know the digital space as well is really really cool uh, and we're super appreciative and uh, the City of Vineland Municipal Calendar features city-organized, city-sponsored, and city-affiliated events that are of public interest. The calendar, which is accessible at vinelandcity.org, is a good way for residents and visitors to build awareness, remain engaged with city, government, and in LinkedIn and YouTube pages. Through these tools, you can stay connected to the community and get important announcements about programs and services offered by the city, Vineland, New Jersey, where it's always growing. So shout out to the city of Vineland for uh, being our new presenting sponsor. And of course, shout out to all of our other local sponsors who help make this show happen. Main Auto LLC, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. 
and of course our amazing merch partners over at PHI Apparel Company. They are exclusive merch providers. You guys can go to phiapparel.co and use code underground for 10% off any and all orders. More about them later on in the show. But Matt, what is going on, my brother? I am living the dream, you know? It is uh, it is one of those times on the calendar where it feels like everything is happening all at once. Shout out to the Oscars. Um, and a baseball going on, spring training's happening, the Sixers are playing, and uh, before we continue into anything else, I wanted to get your take on uh, the Flyers finally making a smart decision and firing Chuck Fletcher. Uh, should have never hired him in the first place. You should have pre-fired him by never hiring him. Um, I'm not even that plugged into hockey, and I knew this guy was a disaster. He had ruined the Minnesota Wild previously uh, before coming to the Flyers. So it's one of the only smart decisions they've ever made. And they're very much banking on this trend that happens in hockey in the last you know decade where previous players come back and restore former glory and are, are great like GMs and, and things like that. So obviously hopeful Danny Briere can maybe <laughs> maybe force a path forward. Um, I'm shocked that it took this long. You know, he, he has not done anything of value. I think he's just been more of a damage to this team because he's been able to make what we're win now moves with a team and a, and a roster that should not have been anywhere near trading away future picks and capital to, to try and improve in any meaningful way. Um, so, yeah, I, uh, I, I think it's, it's, it's way past uh, it's due, and I, I'm glad he's gone. Yeah, it's it's literally the the LeBron moment. It's about damn time. Um, took way too long, and and like you said, they should have pre-fired him um, by never hiring him. But uh, ding dong, that witch is dead. The witch that's not dead is NFL free agency. As it's off to a wild start. Uh, right before we started recording this podcast, while you guys were recording top bins earlier, which you guys should definitely go check out. Subscribe to top bins wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, the Eagles have made some moves. Uh, they have signed running back Rashad Penny, and they have brought back the giant killer, Boston Scott, back uh, with the Eagles. So now a new-look Eagles backfield, as of right now, is Rashad Penny, Kenneth Gainwell, and Boston Scott. Yeah, I think that's that's, that's really not that bad. Uh, we, we've seen Kenneth Gainwell pop in, in big moments, and Rashad Penny is uh, – very injury dependent, right? You know, uh, we, we've seen when he plays, uh, he's, he's a good running back, but it, it very much depends on his health going forward. But I, I think you could do pretty well with, with Boston Scott and Kenneth Gainwell. I think Gainwell is going to be someone that you know, we're really going to be turning on a lot to. I also saw James Bradbury returning as well, uh, which is, uh, you know, a, a big official? return too. Official. Uh, James Bradbury. Wow. Uh, Resigned, so i think that like just popped up because i was refreshing my twitter yeah i just um, saw that now too from uh philly sports network shout out liam jenkins three-year deal 38 million dollars that's kind of a surprise and a pleasant one yeah. at that yeah not a not totally expected there um but yeah bradbury returning so you know obviously some some tough decisions to make roster wise for the eagles um you know we, we obviously talk about like cj gardner johnson and, and things like that and Seems like yeah, Miles Sanders is out the door. Um, it's it's a weird uh, off season for running backs, free agent market for running backs because not only is there a lot of free agent running backs out there, there's it's a pretty good running back draft class in addition. And obviously, you're getting those guys on rookie deals, which is a uh, an advantageous way to kind of build your team. So 
I am curious to see, uh, you know, kind of what the future holds for him. But yeah, even within the division too, you know, you had uh, some big free agency uh, moves and some big trades. Darren Waller's a giant now and uh, Stefan Gilmore just got traded to the Cowboys. Uh, so it's all kind of uh, it's all kind of coalesced in this last day for for the NFC East at least. And I think one of my favorite things is when a player goes to a new city and those fans dig up fun tweets regarding that new city. Uh, retweeted just onto my timeline uh, about a year ago when the trade happened. Tweet from New Eagles running back Rashad Penny. IDK, what y'all thinking? But. James Harden, Joel Embiid is about to be a problem with the old uh, Ben Simmons emoji. <laughs> you know what? I like it. One of us. I like him. I love him. <laughs> he just gets it. He knows um, ball, and that's what's important. He knows ball. Um, going to the Carolina Panthers. Um, just a crazy carousel of mid quarterbacks you know Jimmy Garoppolo we don't really know what he's going to be like post injury now going to a familiar situation with McDaniels no Darren Waller now though uh he's going to Vegas Sam Darnold going to San Francisco um the the Vikings making cap space to redo Kirk Cousins contract and everybody's just waiting for uh you know three quarters of what Aaron Rodgers used to be to go to the New York Jets as they court every single former Green Bay Packer receiving weapon uh, of the last decade. I think Jordy Nelson might be signing with the Jets this week. Has there ever been a more telegraphed experiment that is going to fail than Rodgers to the Jets? Like everything about this is like, oh, this is going to be terrible. Like they're not, they're nowhere. They're not even going to win, like get to an AFC championship game. This no, like they, they're not, they're they not even going to win that division. Like I, I, it, it's so bad. I, I, I do not understand giving a 40-year-old a player that probably has one year left so much control over your future and who you're signing and, and what assets you're using or giving up and cap space and future flexibility. I get that you're the Jets and you feel like this is a, a, a really big opportunity for you to maybe break off some of the rust and maybe make a, a run at a Super Bowl, right? But um, I have zero belief that, that Rodgers on the Jets is, is really is – really, anything I, I i just cannot see that resulting in because if you make a bet like this the hope is at the very least you're in an afc championship game right. i do not think the jets with aaron Rodgers are any better than the chiefs the Bengals, the bills i'm not sure they're better than the dolphins no who you know i've made some upgrades uh during this window as well like that's four teams just off my off the top of my head if the ravens are healthy this year i'm not sure that they're actually better than the ravens and if lamar jackson is on that team um the chargers are better than the chargers I mean, like, come on. I, you know, I don't even know if they're better than the Jaguars. I don't know if they're better than the Jaguars either. I just, come on, you know, what are we doing here? What are we doing? I, I just, I, I don't see it. I don't see it, uh, it, it really working out the way they want, but they'll have Aaron Rodgers and they'll get to feel happy for a, a few months at least until July and, and they're back at training camp and, um, you realize you have Aaron Rodgers on your team and all the, uh, all the extra circus that is, has come with that over the last few years. Um, there's kind of a, there's an old Dimitri Martin bit where he talks about the uh, graph of like how hot the girl is, how willing I am to listen about how intelligent her cat is. Um, and there's a similar type of graph for quarterbacks where it's like how good you are, how willing I am to put up with a lot of nonsense, you know, and like at a certain point you, you reach, 
it's it's the f around and find out point uh where it's like it's no longer it's it's no longer enough you know that he's just good on the football field he's not good enough on the football field anymore to really put up with all the crystal and mud bath and uh darkness retreat stuff you know you kind of get over it at a, at a certain point yeah and i mean on big uh trade that happened uh, between the Bears and the Panthers for the number one overall pick, sending DJ Moore to Chicago. So now Justin Fields, you know, it's all on him uh, to kind of put it together and has the weapons around him, and we'll see what happens with the Bears now. Yeah, it's weird, too, because they – offensive line is like a really big area of, of need for them, and they still have the draft to address this, but they haven't done that so far in free agency, which is a little surprising. Um you know, for them, I, I think getting someone like DJ Moore is, is not a bad deal. You know, he's certainly capable of being like a wide receiver one. But again, this is another situation for him where he's stuck with a quarterback that isn't necessarily known for being a, a above average even passer. Um, so that's frustrating, you know, but it is an upgrade on the wide receiver room. because really they only had Darnell Mooney and Chase Claypool. Darnell Mooney coming off a season ending injury too. So um, you, know, you obviously hope that he returns to kind of what he was before. But even then he wasn't exactly an elite wide receiver to begin with it's interesting for carolina because they get the power of choice and the, the reporting is is that they're between uh, cj stroud and anthony richardson uh anthony richardson obviously had a, a really really strong combine and you know people are just very in on a lot of the traits and the physical tools that he has and you know kind of forecasting what he could be like he's kind of the home run pick like but you can very much strike out on him uh where cj stroud is, is probably higher floor maybe not the ceiling that you'd want but like you know, he maybe doesn't have the ceiling of an Anthony Richardson. Not many people have necessarily the ceiling of an Anthony Richardson. Um, but yeah, it seems like it, it might be between those two. I'm interested to see kind of what wins out. I personally, like if I'm in that position, I'd rather take the big swing. Like you, you only get an opportunity to draft these guys once. Um, typically, like like most teams do not have the ability to, to draft the big future MVP, right? Like, which is what he has in, in that potential. Um, and I think if you trade up, you know, do you trade up just to get a, a stable guy? Like, I, I, I'm not so sure. And I don't want to besmirch CJ Stroud because I think he's a, a good quarterback. But um, I, I do wonder what pathway they take now. But they get the power of choice, which is uh, which is crucial. Under me, there's uh, in free agency so far. Javon Hargrave gets the absolute bag from the San Francisco 49ers, 40 million guaranteed up front on an $84 million contract over the next four years. Everyone kind of up in arms about it because he goes to, you know, a new look postseason rival with the 49ers and everything. But you have to look at it like this. The, the foresight that Howie Roseman has had over the past couple of years where he signed Javon Hargrave as a 29 year old for $39 million over three or four years. And, in that time, also went and drafted Milton Williams, drafted Jordan Davis, so had the replacements ready to go behind Javon Hargrave, full well knowing that Hargrave had played his way into you know an elite caliber contract like that. And then uh, he goes to the 49ers, so that sucks you know, when it comes to, to playoff time more than likely, but who knows who's going to be the starting quarterback there, who's going to be healthy, and uh, if they play... Edward, one of two linebackers going to uh, the Chicago Bears over the past couple of days. He joins Bud Dupree because, you know, when you got to build around your franchise quarterback, you start with linebackers. 
Yeah. <laughs> I, that, that was the thing with the Bears that I think was kind of mystifying um, for sure. And yeah, I, I, for, for Hargrave, it's, it's obviously a, a good deal. I, you know, he's 30 years old. I, I just think, you know, like a, a long-term kind of bigger money deal. You know, he's one of the top paid uh, and it's certainly not off of production. Because, like it's certainly not because he didn't produce, right? Like he was very productive, especially the last two years as an Eagle, but you know, I, that's a contract that I'm happy for him as a person, you know, like good for him. Um, and I'm in some ways glad, I think that my team isn't the one signing the checks, you know, cause I, I think that could be uh, maybe not as great, but I mean, when you think about just the, the talent that the 49ers have, especially defensively, you know, when you're talking about moving on now uh, to a new defensive coordinator, maybe it's going to be an easier job now because you're adding someone of that, of that caliber uh, to the group. Yeah, and I mean, the big, big news was obviously Brandon Graham re-signs. Uh, was like, it's not about the money. I wanted to be here. Um, seems like he's just going to be a forever Eagle, which should be the case. And then Jason Kelsey does the same thing. Tweets, I ain't fucking done yet. Does shots with Howie Roseman. And uh, I don't think there's a more pure and beautiful way for Jason Kelsey to re-sign and announce that he's re-signing and playing next year than the way he went about it. Yeah, you always like it's always hard to tell sometimes because so many athletes like everyone thinks Tom Brady is really funny. It's like, no, you think like the social media team that he pays yeah. to tweet for him is very funny. Um, it, can, it can be a challenge sometimes to know whether or not it's actually that person tweeting that thing. I am a hundred percent sure that, that was uh, Jason Kelsey actually tweeting that and that he is uh, he's in control of a lot of the tweets there. So, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a nice way to, to kind of reintroduce himself. I think if you're like assessing the outlook for the Eagles, it's really not that bad. You know, I, I think, um, you know, I, I think people may be worried about what this offseason could do and, you know, in terms of, of losses and, you know, it hasn't fully like actualized just yet. Um, and, and you don't obviously have like the full free agency scope just yet. And you don't know what's going to happen at the draft, but I think in general, you know, this team is still bringing back a very, very strong core um, that I, I think you can expect to compete again. I've seen a lot of like negativity, especially on the defensive end, some of the pieces you're losing, like, yes, those are good pieces, but um, I think you, kind of, you have to believe that this team can rebound from that. You know, if you, if, if I, I, I just, I, I have to believe that there, there's like a potential for this team to still be, they're not going to, you know, win maybe 14, 15 games, you know, the regular season. Right. But, you know, we were projecting them to be an 11 and 12 win team. That still would have been a very strong year would have been enough to win the division still, you know, uh, most likely. So I, I, I don't really see this year being all that different at this point. Um, I, I still think there's going to be a very good team. Yeah, I mean, James Bradbury coming back is massive. Like, that news coming through, the full well played himself into a massive type of contract. And it seems like, you know, the, the Josina Anderson tweet from, you know, the weekend was kind of accurate where – the Eagles front office basically said, go out, see what's being offered to you, and then make sure we get an opportunity to to match it. And three years, $38 million for for James Bradbury, I think, is a phenomenal deal for both sides. You know, for the Eagles, it's a, it's a manageable contract. You know, you're hoping to probably get two more elite years out of James Bradbury at that, and then you see what happens in year three. And then, uh, you know, for Bradbury, he gets paid and, and gets to, you know, go against the Giants and give them the double bird twice a year. And uh, they signed Boston Scott and James Bradbury back-to-back. So, fuck you to the Giants. 
Yeah, that was a, that was a tough like uh, three or four minutes there for them. <laughs> they thought they had something getting Darren Waller, and it just blew up in their faces. Yeah, um, I think if you have the opportunity to sign a luxury, uh, if you have the opportunity to trade for a luxury position, uh, you, you should always do it. I, I, I think uh, I think you should always add a a, a veteran tight end uh, to your to your group and your quarterback who doesn't really throw the ball that much. I think that's it's always a good thing to do. Um, and I mean, I don't know how you feel, but I I just feel like Darius Slay's gonna be back. Like everybody, I feel like is like preemptively freaking out about the report earlier uh in the week or late last week that said Darius Slay was you know given the opportunity to seek a trade that's kind of status quo for a lot of these players who are in that 29 to like 33 range who want to try to get a rework contract get more money up front kind of you know restructure get a signing bonus something like that it's all part of the negotiating tactic and Drew Rosenhaus is his agent so of course that's going to happen I I would find it very difficult for Howie Roseman to willingly want to trade Darius Slay unless some sort of like wild offer was thrown at them. But it also feels like Darius Slay would be his an eagle. But we'll see what happens um, with everything. But I fully expect Darius Slay to be back in twenty twenty three. Yeah, I'm not sure what the market would be for him exactly either, because um, he's he's a good player. But I, you know, contract is not, I wouldn't say like necessarily team friendly, right? And you know, you're seeing a similar situation with Austin Eckler in the Chargers right now, where you know they're kind of renegotiating a contract. They didn't like the the offers that he was getting from the Chargers and is seeking, you know, other trades, uh, other teams to to maybe get that better deal, maybe the deal he feels he deserves. Um, yeah, I, I don't feel strongly one way or the other with Darius Slay in terms of him, him returning. Uh, I don't think it's a disaster if he's not back. Um, I, I actually think maybe getting Bradbury back might be more beneficial for the Eagles, but having them both would be good. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not totally sure that he's like pivotal. But you know, like him leaving too is not necessarily helpful. It's not like you're like moving off a ton of cap space or something, right? Like um, the Eagles, no matter what, are going to be kind of hamstrung. So. I, I think it's it's probably better if he stays, but I, I don't I don't feel strongly either way. I have to admit. Yeah, and I think either way, like if Slay is back or if they somehow you know end up moving on from him, I'm fully convinced pick number ten is a corner for the Eagles with that with that Saints pick, um, especially when you have two picks in the first round this year. I just feel like you know when you have an opportunity to go get a a locked in type of corner at that spot and it doesn't feel like the Eagles will be picking in the top 10 relatively soon uh so I mean if you can go and get a young player at that position to you know help move along kind of similar to like Jordan Davis and Kobe Dean and, and guys like that and then on the offensive side like Cam Jurgens learning from Jason Kelsey like if you can get a corner who can come in that's talented and then learn from Darius Slay, Avante Maddox and James Bradbury I think that's massive yeah I think um you know, I, I think it's it's going to be really interesting. Just, <laughs> you know, I'm not sure they're going to take uh, Bajan Robinson, but uh, that's, uh, I think, a popular uh, mock draft. Um, it would be funny if they just come out of the blue with something like that. And uh, maybe that's why Miles Sanders is gone, because you're just signing. Uh, just <laughs> You know, I, I have to be honest, I don't know that I would hate it. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think there may be. <laughs> There may be positions of need, but I, I got to tell you this. John Robinson on this team. 
that's a, that's a sexy pick. <laughs> that is, uh, you know, you talk about maybe never getting the chance to add, you know, a, a player in the top ten. You don't often get the chance to add someone like him. Um, but I, I'm not sure they're going to do that. Um, but I, I think it's weird, you know, because we we all obviously are aware and agree that running backs, uh, especially picking them very high in the draft, is just not good value. Um, you know, they're they're a, a replaceable type of position. Um, doesn't stop you from salivating a little bit, though. When you look at these guys at the combine and stuff, and you look at their highlights, you're like, I don't know. I think, I think a guy can rip off a 60 yard uh, chunk play is uh, it might be worth it. I don't know. Zo uh, says the best defense is scoring 60. Um. <laughs> I don't know. I think you might, let's hear him out. Let him cook. Uh, Josina Anderson just tweeted as well uh, a quote from James Bradbury on why he went back to the Eagles. Quote, I went back because of the familiarity with the coaching staff, because I love the city and playing for the Eagles. They also gave me a deal around what I was looking for. Yes, there were other teams that offered me more, but I feel like Philly fit me best. Fair enough. Love to hear Love it. to see it. Love to see it. Also, you know, you brought up uh, Stephon Gilmore going to the Cowboys, like, doesn't truly scare me like he was fine with the Colts last year but like he's not the New England Patriots Stefan Gilmore anymore yeah he's not defensive player of the year you know like big difference maker but you know like if you're talking like good veteran and we should also say though people were saying something similar about Eric Bradbury right like uh, you know he was he was cut by the Giants and um, you know you never know just what a change of scenery might do for someone um, but I think it just speaks in general to that this division is not getting any easier. You know, like the, the, this division is still going to be a challenge yeah. next year and the Eagles are going to have to be, um, you know, on a similar type of level as what they are they were last year. Again, I don't think they're going to get back to those heights. I think you got some, some good variants last year mixed with a very good roster. Um, this year you're going to have a good roster and you have to hope for, again, just some, some good variants uh, bouncing your way. Um, but yeah, I, I think that the division is certainly – Certainly not taking any steps backwards. Yeah. Uh, Mina Kimes tweeted a couple hours ago, too. A healthy Rashad Penny behind that Eagles offensive line is a cheat code with the angry face. Known Seahawks fan, Mina Kimes. Um, that is very true. That's the thing, though, with, with Rashad Penny, that everyone's like, oh, this is such a good signing. Like, Rashad Penny's been one of the most productive running backs over the last two years when he's healthy. That's the biggest, like, thing with him is he is, like, a glass cannon. He gets injured. Uh, and when he gets injured, it's one of those that he's behind. But, you know, you have to be careful in utilization of him because he will get injured. Yeah, it's the biggest caveat with him is that, uh, you know, he has his great numbers. And when you see him play, you see these explosive moments. And he was a great college uh, player, too. Like, But, again, he's just been a guy that's been unfortunate with injuries uh, throughout his career. Again, you know, you never know, like maybe just change the surgery, maybe change of a medical staff, who knows? Like, you know, you can just get a little lucky with it. But, you know, it, it, it seems like every year with him, you know, he's he's facing some kind of stretch uh, out for this, uh, you know, if not for the season, but, you know, through through pivotal games. Um, so I, I am curious, you know, because, again, you do have, I think you have a surplus of kind of veteran running backs. I actually wonder if maybe there's another guy on the Eagles list somewhere that uh, that is available to them. And, and, and you look around, there's not, Again, I think there's more supply than demand, and I think you might get like a, I don't know, you might get something nice. Like, 
David Montgomery's out there floating and maybe you get him on it. You know, like I, I, I think there are, there are options for the Eagles that this, this necessarily doesn't have to be the final running back room, you know, like there, there can be additions. And again, you maybe you get to the draft and you really like, uh, really like someone, you know, who knows? Like, I think, you know, you, you got to keep your options open. Uh, I think you'll really enjoy what I'm about to bring up here. AJ Brown is uh, going rampant on Twitter right now. And not about what you think he's going rampant about. Uh, he's giving his takes. Uh, shout out to Sixers Adam on fruit and is now starting vegetables. Um, <laughs> some hilarious takes right now going from AJ Brown. Uh, well, the first one I looked up is such a bad opinion. And it I is just, bad. I can't believe. Which one did you stumble the upon? The first, first one I saw is watermelon is trash. It yeah, that one's, that one's a horrible Terrible take. take. Maybe he's never had... Like, I, I don't know. I don't know if Jersey watermelon is like a thing. A watermelon is one of my absolute favorite fruits. Yes. I look forward to it every summer. I'm buying a watermelon. I'm buying like two watermelons a week in the summer. Um, so that is that is a bad look. Um, I do agree. Strawberries are mid. Stra- like people really, strawberries are fine, but like, they're not, they're not amazing. Um, I, I I can't really, I can't really comment too much because I love pretty much every fruit. Yeah. Um, you know, so like I, I'm always going to be on team like they're all good. I love them all, but strawberries do get a lot more buzz than maybe they deserve. You know, they're, they're kind of like a, they're kind of like in, in March Madness, right? You have like your blue bloods that get maybe get a little more love, a little more respect. Maybe they shouldn't be a two seed. You know, maybe they're more of a four or five. You know, his first take is pretty interesting. Uh, he hit a grapefruit greater than oranges. A good grapefruit is better than a good orange. I, I I'll agree with him there. I think I followed think that's by fair. people don't really like grapefruits. <laughs> uh, he said pineapples are okay, along with the strawberries are mid. Uh, grapes are AJ Brown's favorite fruit besides blackberry. Those are some good picks. Um, grapes are fine. You know, like grape is a, a very it's a very transportable fruit. I think it is. Uh, is friendly to most people. That's fair. Not dogs, though. Do not feed grapes to your dogs, apparently. Apparently, that's very bad for them. Now, in between the, the rattling off of fruits, he says, Fun fact, when I get sick, I eat high-vibration foods, such as fruit, and drink a lot of water, and I don't take no medicine. Yeah, I can't co-sign. Can't co-sign. I can sort of that. co-sign part of that. You know, like, most yeah. most of us, like, you know, like, make sure you hydrate, you know, fruits and vegetables when you're sick. Good idea. I don't know that I can go sign the body will heal itself. We don't need medicine to get better. That's just what you're told. I'm not. I'll know about totally, that one, AJ. I'm not, uh, not totally on board with that. Um, and I do agree, though, green apples are better than red apples. A hundred percent on board there. You, you've, you have my attention. Um, he's, got, he's got vegetable takes. He also uh, said mangoes are every, straight. Mangoes are fine. Yeah, yeah. mangoes are good fruit. It's a, it's a standard fruit. Uh, broccoli can go with every meal. I agree. Um, right. I'm not sure what po- – he's he's putting a whole list of vegetables saying that they're better than zucchini, squash, carrots, and cucumber. Again, I like pretty much every vegetable, so I I, I can't really comment. Um, cabbage being over zucchini, squash, carrots, and cucumber? Cabbage is all right. You know, like cabbage is fine. I, I would not – I would not put cabbage over those. Yeah. Things. Again, I, I think we got to get, maybe I have to get AJ Brown to like a nice local farm market and let him, let him get like a good watermelon. Let him get some good, like Jersey squash or something. Like I will take him. I will take him to my spots 
we can hang out. Um, and I, I will show him where where to find the good. We'll stuff. We'll take him to Brassies. Uh, to no free ads, but we'll take him to Brassies right down the street. Yeah, let him pick his we own will... out. Let me let me hook you up, Adrian Brown. Let me let me just bend your ear for a moment and and get you onto the, the the zucchini wave. Yeah, that list that he rattled off there with all the vegetables is like the Avengers going against like Thanos's army of vegetables. <laughs> It's a lot of vegetables that he's uh, putting into. I, I don't know what the tier system is here. Um, I, I don't know. You know, like, again, I'm in a March Madness mode. Like, what is what is the bracketology uh, for all these? Like, what is the quad yeah. one win of spinach? You know, how many quad two losses does uh, carrots and cucumber have that you're putting them so low? I, I, I'm not sure. Is this the first four out? I, I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we just need to make a fruits and vegetables bracket uh, in honor of A.J. Brown. Uh, perhaps I, I gotta tell you watermelon is a high seed for me so i already 100%. know that he's gonna i already know that he's gonna have that move on oh uh, but yeah i had to uh i had to bring that one up because he was just going rampant with uh the fruit and vegetable takes there um but speaking of march madness matt it's brought to you by our awesome partners over at w energy who are keeping us energized all through march and through the tournament and year round to be quite honest, and uh, they're the best in the game when it comes to uh, energy drinks because their formula, there's no crash, there's no jitters, it's all natural, there's no calories, uh, sugar. Got that patented neurofactor in its ingredients, uh, which has been studied and proven to upgrade brain performance by up to 143%, and it's produced Right here in the U.S., they just had a huge restock uh, of a ton of their amazing flavors, including the Big Energy Tears, which is the blue raspberry flavor, uh, the Passion Joy Tea, which is passion fruit iced tea, the Push and Punch, which is their fruit punch flavor, uh, and the Beach and Peach, which is what I'm sipping on right now, uh, the White Peach Mango Cooler Plus, if you're looking, you know, no caffeine, just trying to stay hydrated, they got their caffeine-free Monkey Madness Hydro Hydration, which is a strawberry banana flavor. You guys can go to W.GG and use our code UNDERGROUND. You get 10% off any order. Uh, we're also going to be giving away uh, starter packs during our bracket. Uh, the on on your favorite podcast app of choice. We've also been tweeting it out. Uh, it's free to join, but uh, some of the top finishers, you'll be getting a W shaker along with some starter uh, kits there. So stay on the lookout for that. Use code underground as well. If you want to get ahead of the game and you get 10% off your order, Matt, your thought on the bracket uh, so far as uh, Sunday night selection Sunday, we see everything kind of roll out. We got our play in first playing game tonight. Uh, and then one on Wednesday, but your thoughts on the bracket? Yeah, uh, you know, I, I think pretty much to form. You know, there was nothing uh, too surprising. I know some people really wanted Rutgers in and things like that, but um, nothing too crazy. A few teams underseeded. I think there's uh, there's some tough tough matchups uh, right off the rip that I think uh, people should definitely be aware of. But um, it has been a fun bracket. I have not actually like fully done mine. Uh, I'm still. You know what I call the uh, the wait and see phase because uh, yes. there's a few few injuries that I'm I'm waiting on a little more updates on some guys that are saying that they're going to play Thursday, but I want to 
I'm going to maybe just wait as long as I can to hear. Um, maybe I want to get a look, too, at some of the play-in teams and, and get a good idea. Um, I know I saw we, we posted uh, from some of our bet guys talking about that matchup. Um, gave me a good insight to those teams as well. So, yeah, I, I think it's it's my favorite time of year. I, lo- I love doing the, 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 the bracket. I love diving into this stuff. Um, you know, and I think it's it's the most fun that you can have with sports. Uh, so I am I'm very much looking forward to it. But yeah, it, it has been a, a challenging bracket to figure out so far. Yeah, I said on uh, the Selection Sunday show we did, I think this year is the first time in a long time that all four 5 versus 12 games are actual, like, good matchups. Like, there's there's been some in years past where it's like, oh, you know, the five's going to win, or it's like, oh, everybody's on top of this 12 seed. I think across the board, every 5-12 matchup we have uh, is going to be pro- like the best. Duke and Oral Roberts at 7 o'clock primetime on Thursday. You also have, uh, I want to see here who else we have in the 5-12. We got DCU Miami versus Drake. Yeah, VCU St. Mary's, which is a, a great matchup. Uh, Charleston, San Diego State. Like, there's there's a lot of talent on on a lot of these these teams, and a lot of the eight nine matchups too, which you know you can't sleep on because they're going to be playing the number one seed. Whoever comes out of that game, and you know we very typically uh, lose at least one one seed on the first weekend. It's very rare actually that all four advance to the second weekend. So you know, think about that when you're when you're filling out your brackets that. You know, you're probably saying goodbye to at least one of these one seats, um, you know, this weekend. And you know, I, Purdue. <laughs> just, uh, just, just be careful. That's all I'm gonna say. Just be careful. <laughs> you do not, you do not want to have your bracket ruined on Thursday. Yeah. If it's if it's ruined Sunday, you know, you can maybe you live with that a little bit. You you work through some things, but do not want to be sitting Thursday at 6 p.m. Like, what did I do to myself? What did I do to myself? Yeah. I think my other big takeaways from the bracket this year, Texas A&M got screwed uh, being a seven seed. I feel like they were a little under seed. They should have been a little bit higher uh, and drawing, you know, just a tough portion of their side of the bracket. I think one of the best matchups that we'll also have that doesn't include, you know, so it's, it's the best eight, nine Memphis FAU is going to be just, if you like points, watch that game nine, nine fifteen. On a Friday night, you're going to get points on points on points between Memphis and FAU. Um, and I also love the uh, the schools that you like never hear of, and then you figure out that they have really freaking cool mascots. Uh, Furman being the Paladins is one of the coolest mascots, I think, in the entire tournament. Yeah, it's... it's uh... <laughs> And what the Virginia's the the Cavaliers too, so you, yeah. know, like, you get like uh, you know you get a nice little I don't know like <laughs> like medieval matchup there. Um, yeah, it, it is cool too seeing like some schools uh, that you're obviously not familiar with are there for the first time, things like that. Like uh, Kennesaw State, right? Like is is always a good story. Like uh, UCSB, like is the Gauchos. You, you like it's it's a fun little game to play. I was filling it out with my my friend who watches absolutely zero sports. And when I notice he's kind of waffling, I like look up the mascots and kind of give him his his option. Um, a lot of cat mascots is you yeah. know what I'm realizing too when when you do this. There's a lot of cats out there. You know, I think we need to d- diversify just a little bit. Um, there's a lot of <laughs> and like it's a lot of times it's like generic dude, like wild cats. It's like what is that? You know, like yeah. we could at least be a tiger or or a lion or something a little more um, 
you know, stable. Like let's, 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 let's narrow it down. Let's not Throwing just be a little all bit of wild Panther cats. Jaguar, you know, yeah. Even though we get even more specific Houston being like the Cougars, like give us some, right. Um, I also love all the two seeds, uh, in this bracket. I think the two seeds are just as talented. Yeah, I think, uh, I think that, sorry, they, I think we, uh, <laughs> we lagged a little out. bit there. <laughs> uh, the two seeds are very strong. I, I think, the problem is, is they're they're strong but flawed. You know, UCLA, yeah. I think, with without that injury to, to Clark, is is probably a team that you're you're really considering as being a national champion. But it's it's tough to see. Uh, Marquette, obviously great offensively, defensively. You know, you'd like your teams to maybe be a little better on that end to to make it far in the tournament. And it just feels like that region in general could be a lot of upsets. Uh, you, know, you could you could have any like five or six teams go to that region. I I don't know that I'd be shocked. Arizona again has like struggled with consistency. You know they've been a good tournament team at times, but at, at the same time, you know, like you've seen them just kind of give it up in, in key moments. You know, and, and they could be tested. You know, by uh, especially if Utah State makes it out against Missouri and Arizona this past Princeton, that could be a really interesting matchup. Texas as well you have just like routinely underperformed as just an institution in in March Madness. Um, and you know, but if they are able to to make it out of the first weekend, you know. That bracket is that that region is is doable for them, you know, to at least make it to something like the elite eight. I, I think that is that is a a potential pathway there. And I think the worst game uh, that if you if you are a gambling person, I would responsibly uh, wager lots of under on uh, Iowa Auburn because <laughs> that game is going to be absolutely gross. Like if you have a couple errands to run on Thursday. I'd say do it around 6.45 because I think that might be the grossest game of the entire weekend. That one, that one could be a, a little tough watch. I think Arkansas and Illinois, too, are two teams that have like struggled for consistency uh, a lot this year. They've been very Jekyll and Hyde, and I, I think that one could actually even be uh, in, in a similar kind of uh, tier. Yeah, there's, there's some gross ones for sure, um, but I'm excited. You know, Thursday at noon, kind of just being a, a couch potato for four straight days is going to be phenomenal uh make sure you guys join our bracket challenge uh it's open and free to enter we got lots of stuff up for grabs We're working on some exclusive merch with the glue guys college basketball podcast uh which are really really sweet can't wait to get those out uh, for you guys to take a look at from our merch partners at PHI Apparel Company. Um, but make sure you join our bracket challenge. Last year, I think we had close to 60, if not 60 or more. Uh, we're trying to, you know, just build upon that and have as many people in our bracket challenge. So go join that. Uh, it will be our pinned tweet uh, by the end of this podcast. So definitely go join our bracket challenge. Matt, uh, the Sixers, it's brought to you by our awesome merch partners, PHI Apparel Company. Uh, there's no doubt in our minds that you guys, when you're going out to the Wells Fargo Center, your tailgates, uh, you know, going out to the local bar, Xfinity Live, you're going to stand with Philadelphia exclusive merch uh, from our merch partners at PHI Apparel Company. Uh, they're the best in the game. Easily the most comfortable hoodies I own have come from PHI Apparel Company. 
gear up for Philly season, gear up for our live tailgate that they're going to be a part of um, with our friends over at PHI Apparel Company. Philly, Sixers, Eagles, Union. They even have Philadelphia Stars stuff for the USFL. Uh, and, of course, all of our podcasts on our network uh, have official merch, T-shirts, and hoodies. So you guys can go to phiapparel.co, use code UNDERGROUND, and you get 10% off any and all merch orders. You can use that code whenever you want. Uh, that's how they know you're coming from us. So use code UNDERGROUND for 10% off. Gear up with your merch. When you get it, tag us, tweet at us. We want to see where you guys are rocking your merch from. Matt, Sixers are uh, right back in it, even more so than last week. They are now tied in the long Uh narrative is uh is turning on one joker and coming to uh our our mass crusader of playoff pass joel Embiid. yeah this is and this is around the time last year too where it, it turned a little bit away from Embiid uh to to Jokic, so it'd be a little it'd be a little interesting if maybe we get reclaim some of that land perhaps um who knows though right but i think yeah the it's so strange, you know, like since Hardison's back, this team is 33 and 11. You know, they, they've been one of the best teams, if not the best teams, at least by record in the NBA. And they've had uh, good moments. They've had some good wins, some frustrating losses in between there. Um, and like and like we've talked about all year, they're just, they're constantly pulling you back in. You know, they, they, they're such an abusive relationship uh, with these guys because you, you feel like you're, you're constantly just being, uh, constantly being like gaslit. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I have I, I've said it so many times. I still have a hard time believing this team, you know, as we, we bear into the playoffs. But they have, obviously, tests remaining in the regular season, which I think are going to be very indicative and, and give us a good idea of really what these playoffs are going to look like. I would love to maybe move up to the two seed. And, you know, maybe maybe that would be nice. Maybe maybe that, that's, nice. that's a way. Uh, that would be a way. Um, it would be nice if maybe the Celtics fell to the four. You know, if they could, if they could just keep slumping, and you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe that'd be that'd be kind of cool. <laughs> we could, uh, we could avoid. That's that's really the only way I think that I see the the Sixers making this again. I think I think we could beat we could beat um, the Bucks in a seven game series. I'm not I'm not high at all on our chances against the Celtics. Uh, that that is that is the bigger picture issue for me. Yeah, and a, a big matchup once again um, on Wednesday night against the Cavs. You know, obviously, Sixers beat the Cavs a few weeks ago uh, at the Wells Fargo Center, but they're a team that's you know, they're the wall type of basketball, and you're going to have to give it your all against them. And it's a team that, you know, if, if things bounce their way in the postseason, that's a team you could end up seeing later down the line in the playoffs as well. So you kind of got to be prepared uh, for what they're going to throw at you a hundred percent. And this is that portion of the schedule that we talked about a couple weeks ago when we were kind of looking in the month of March that this is where the Sixers kind of have to take care of business before they have that, you know, it's, it's short, but long all at the same time, three game West coast swing uh, after, you know, playing against the Cavs, the Hornets, the Pacers and the bulls twice you go on the road uh, you have a back-to-back Friday, Saturday against Golden State and Phoenix, uh, and then you go Monday. It's Embiid versus Jokic once again uh, in Denver. So 
lot of a uh, lot of interesting matchups uh, on the up and up. And then you know you come back home, you play Dallas, you play Toronto, and then you're ending on the. Uh, if all things you know swing our way and the Celtics continue to fall, and then you have Miami at home, and then you finish on the road against the Hawks and the Nets. So I mean, there's a lot of important games left down the stretch. Which for the NBA, that's good, and for the Sixers, it's you know one of those things that they got to take full advantage of the the quote unquote lesser competition now, and you know attack those those high end opponents like the Celtics, the Bucks, and teams like that, and those West Coast teams like it's the playoffs yeah absolutely I, I think if you're talking like mvp race too the fact that you have that that Jokic matchup is going to be a big one and a lot of eyes are going to be on that obviously we, we know the last time they played uh that i think the narrative at least philly fans were really pushing the narrative to, to switch it um yeah I, i'm really looking forward to seeing that game and like like we said you know there's gonna be a lot of tests for them which is exciting to see because it's I tell you that that is what's so frustrating about this team is they've they've had these big wins they've played well against uh, like really good teams at times and um, you know it's just so hard to get a read on them you know because they they have just had this weird inconsistency about them but if if Embiid is is able to to, to play the way he has in the playoffs because you know it, it does get harder then but like how efficient he is the the, the bag that he he has and the the tools you know, the come back the other night right like I just. It gives you this belief. It gives you this belief that this team could be something really, really special. And, uh, you know, I, I hope they, they realize some of that. Yeah. And, I mean, uh, did did you see the – somebody screenshot from one of Zach Lowe's articles on ESPN. The, he was, the headline of the article is supposed to be talking about Michael Porter Jr. And Zach Lowe literally just divulged into an Embiid-Jokic thing and why we need to, you know, not – stray away from Jokic being the MVP and why he's this good and just throwing all the the metrics and numbers at people and I was like this is supposed to be about Michael Porter Jr. and we're in Beavers not the MVP like what are we doing yeah he uh he really loves <laughs> he really loves this this MVP debate he was, he was certainly He's on the list, you know. He is on the list. <laughs> Zach Lowe's uh, MVP. When he sees the the initials for MVP, V stands for VORP. Yeah, it's all most VORPable player stat stuff. I, I love how the the goalposts constantly shift in MVP discussion. One year it is about the bad stats, the other year it's not. You know, it's about triple doubles and, and things you can do. Whatever, it's the same. It's it's always something stupid. It's always some dumb narrative that people. There was off. there was one I saw that really just made me want to just throw my phone out the window. Uh, somebody tweeted, "Jokic has never had uh, an All Star teammate, and that's why he deserves the MVP. <laughs> He's doing it all." Yeah, on his I mean, own. what a what a what a poor, sad situation. I feel so bad for the guy. Must suck to have a power. In, in, Yeah, Sixers seem to be uh, drawing us back in, Matt, and can't wait for another second-round exit because that's what we always get built up for. <laughs> Maybe they'll switch it up and, and put us out of our misery in the first round this year. <laughs> uh, someone that didn't put us out of our misery, they actually brought us a lot of joy. I uh, wanted to get your thoughts on the, the union, uh, you know, 
almost buzzer beater win uh, in the 90th minute. And then uh, we got CONCACAF Champions League again tonight. Not the sexiest win, uh, but, you know, it, it's not putting six or seven best teams, but a win is a win. Three points is three points. Um, I think what's nice about this is Torres, again, you know, just kind of unlocking defenses. And we saw that in the opener against Columbus. And you know, we, we saw it again over the weekend. And it, it's, again, it, it. I think, again, a pattern is forming a little bit of just not a, a great connection up top, you know, and, we're not seeing maybe that same synergy and I, I I'm, I'm starting to, to try and dive in a little bit and see what, what the difference is maybe tactically from, from this year to last that has promoted that change or, or that switch a little bit. Um, but it's three games in, you know, you can't draw too many conclusions just yet, but it's nice to be back on, on the right path and, and kind of rebound off a win. And yeah, tonight's a big one. You know, you, you have home field advantage, right? Still nil nil on aggregate. So um, tonight settles the tie. And I, I think it's always good to have that, you know, home advantage. It is, you know, I know here it is not great weather. I'm sure in Chester, right on the river, it is even worse weather, uh, especially in terms of wind and cold. Um, who knew? March March night games, not uh, not great. And Matt, as you've always said, spring sucks. It is just, it is a brutal, <laughs> brutal time to be alive. Uh, we do have an update on the A.J. Brown uh, dissertation on fruit and vegetables. He said, I took everyone down the fruit and vegetables rabbit hole uh, because everyone needs to relax. We're going to be fine. Uh, people are getting crazy and uh, just needed everyone to kind of take their mind. Ends off stuff. So I made you all think about fruit perspective, people perspective. And then he said, now go grocery shop and stop eating fast food. <laughs> I lo- Thank you so much. AJ Brown. It's, <laughs> it's great advice. Uh, Matt, let's get into uh, our buffs and stuff. Survivor uh, discussion here. It's brought to you by our friends over at Tomahawk Shades, who are partnered with one of the Survivor legends, Tyson Apostle, uh, part of the Tomahawk family. Guys, sunglasses are important year-round, whether it's spring, winter, fall, summer, daylight savings time. We got more sun now, uh, and you're going to need your sunglasses when you're indoors watching your favorite sports, uh, watching your teams go out and hopefully win. You need to protect your eyes there as well with blue light glasses because there's blue lights coming out of every screen you're staring at and it's damaging your eyes and you don't even know it. Throw on a pair of blue light plus glasses from Tomahawk Shades. You'll feel the difference. You're going to sleep better. Uh, So go to TomahawkShades.com. Check out all all the collections they think between. They also have prescription lenses available. And when you go to checkout, use our promo code USP for 25% off at checkout. You're already getting a quality product for a fraction of the price, and you're getting an even bigger fraction with our promo code USP, 25% off at TomahawkShades.com. Matt, your thoughts on uh, everything that went down in the follow-up to just a a Big Bang episode of Survivor Season 44? Uh, Carolyn uh, might be my favorite person on the show. I absolutely love her. She's just great. I, I love her energy. And I love, too, that she a uh, clever player. You know, she she caught on to Carson and I think put him on the hot seat. It was like, why isn't it just me then? You know, wouldn't I be the easy one? He's like, oh, well. Uh, so that was that was nice. I think she had a – yeah, I think people maybe have a tendency to you know, underestimate her. Um, and I, I like that, you know, she fumbled it a little bit with the uh, the idol out of the, uh, out of the cage. Um, didn't love that part. But, you know, I, I think most people would be really uh, stressed and, and nervous in the situation. Maybe she could have handled it a little more coolly, but 
you know, maybe she wouldn't be Carolyn if she did it that way, right? So uh, that was nice. And it was, it was a bummer to see Helen go. You know, it was, it was, uh, it was one of my fantasy picks. That was someone that I picked uh, in addition with Danny. Like, you know, maybe this is someone I should be looking at more. And I, I have to say, you know, from everything that people were saying about her, she sounded like a good player. Uh, so it'd always be a, a what if type of situation. Um, I can't help but feel though that that Sarah not having her vote really kind of signed her death death certificate, right? And um, that was ultimately, I think, the the nail there for her. Unfortunately, um, and then our boy Danny also showing showing Carolyn. It's like the right and wrong way maybe to to have handled that situation. Um, he gets in there, gets what he needs, and and replaces it. Makes it look like there's still something in there. People couldn't really tell there was actually something missing. So uh, shout out to him for, for some savvy play. Yeah. We love to see it from our, uh, our podcast picks. Uh, uh, going out there. Uh, All of our survivor updates this season on Twitter at buffs and snuffs. Uh, follow along there. We'll be giving updates and, and live tweeting every episode throughout survivor season 44. And uh, tweet at Jeff. We want Jeff Probst on the podcast. Why not? He's doing his own podcast now, so I'm sure he knows how to sign into a little StreamYard room and, and talk with the people. Also, I don't know if you've listened to any of it, but I do watch uh, this YouTube channel, Once Upon an Island, and uh, they were talking about how Jeff said on the most recent episode they uh, they want to take fan requests on how to fix the Survivor auction because they want to bring the auction back, but obviously once they introduce reward or uh you know idols and advantages in it it kind of ruined it because people just wait out for that uh so they want the most unique and creative ways to fix the survivor auction i think um i think and i i, I don't know if it was like a, an editing thing but it felt like they always had that towards the end and people like at a certain point knew to just save their money for the end because there's going to be an advantage um i i think you I think you would make it better actually if you made it like a um, a silent auction type of thing, and maybe like how you have people now like go on these journeys and they like go take the branching paths or whatever, and like you just go and you like write down a number, um, you know, and and you put it in a box and that's like what you're bidding on rather than like maybe maybe that way you're making it a little more competitive and like people don't know what's going to be around the corner. Then I mean it's the same as when you're in the auction; you don't know obviously what's going to come out next. Um, you could still maybe even have things under like cloaks or things like that. Uh, but yeah, maybe taking like the crowd advantage out of it because then you can kind of play off other people and see that other people holding on to the money. Maybe you should too, or something like that. Um, so yeah, maybe, maybe that'd be a way, but I, I do like the survivor auction. You know, it obviously did become three or four people always holding out for the advantage, uh, but it was always kind of funny seeing them bid on the, how much they would pay for a peanut butter jelly sandwich or something like that, which by the way, would be like my first choice. Uh, for food on Survivor, because like, I think it's the it's the one that would fill you up the most to make you feel good, and probably the least likely to make you like sick to your stomach. So, yeah, and I I saw uh, once upon an island said, don't like live cast the the advantage to everybody, and throughout the the auction, still do food, still do you know different things, but in like the cloches or whatever that you're bringing back there's an advantage like hidden in whatever you just bought and there's like two throughout so like one is like a challenge advantage and one is like an idle advantage or something like that where there's there's multiple advantages involved but you don't know which item per se is going to you know have them that way everybody's kind of bidding on everything 
throughout the entire Survivor auction, which I also thought was pretty interesting. Yeah, I mean, something they've been doing in recent seasons too is like you have to kind of risk to do this and maybe, you know, to only actually power that advantage or whatever it is, maybe you have to do something at the auction, right? Or like, you know, there's something back at camp that you have to do. Like it's it's a multi-part thing, you know, like if you want to do it that way, um, that, that could definitely be interesting. Yeah, so uh, on YouTube, comment your way. Uh, you would fix the Survivor auction. We'll read all of them next week. We want to hear from you guys as well, and we'll send them to Jeff. Who knows? Maybe we'll uh, we'll be the reason that the Survivor auction comes back. Um, but make sure you guys are following us on the socials at Underground PHI, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook.com slash Underground Sports PHI, Twitch.tv slash Underground Sports PHI. Uh, you can follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castarina. Follow me at KBIZZL311. Subscribe to the podcast feed, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We're there. Leave a five-star review. Let us know how you'd f fix the Survivor Auction, your thoughts on Eagles Free Agency so far, and anything else we discussed on tonight. Show YouTube slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. It's where you get full video episodes of every podcast on our network, uh, as well as shorts, clips, live streams. It's all on our YouTube channel. Uh, and Underground Sports Philadelphia obviously is now presented by the city of Vineland. And whether you're a company looking to expand, relocate, or are a new business startup, selecting the right location is critical to your success. And Vineland, New Jersey offers both an affordable business location and an excellent quality of life. The city's economic development department is a one-stop source for moving your project through the development and approval process. Their goal is to make this process as smooth as possible and to provide the fastest turnaround times in the region. If you are considering potential locations for your operation, contact the Vineland Economic Development Team at 856-794-4100. That's 856-794-4100 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. And also thank you to Maine Auto LLC, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland for also being incredible sponsors on this show. And our merch partners, PHI Apparel Company. Get your merch, phiapparel.co. Use code UNDERGROUND for 10% off any and all merch orders. This has been episode number 516 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. Enjoy March Madness. Join our bracket challenge. It's our pinned tweet on Twitter. And we will see you guys next time. But for Matt, I'm KB. We are signing off. Peace. Peace.